Growing up, I was always interested in the mental game. After years of study, I developed the Basketball Brain program. My life is devoted to helping others achieve their greatness. I hope you'll like, subscribe, and if you take a chance with the Basketball Brain program, I promise you your game's going to reach levels that you never thought possible. What's up, Basketball Brain fans and members? Mailbag today. We had a question from Damien, and it's about Tim Grover's book, Relentless. Now, if you don't know who Tim Grover is, he was the trainer of Michael Jordan originally. He's the one when Jordan was getting beat up by the Pistons, Tim Grover was the one who got Jordan strong and helped him take down the Pistons. After that, he trained Kobe Bryant, he trained Dwayne Wade, and he's trained a lot of great NBA players. And his book, Relentless, is about the philosophy of these NBA players, the great ones. He groups NBA players in general into three categories. Now, I haven't read this book since it came out, so I'm just doing this from memory. But Damien had asked in the comment section, can you expound on the philosophy of Tim Grover's book, Relentless? And the main core of the book is there are three groups of people in athletics, basketball, business, whatever. They're coolers, closers, and cleaners. Coolers are guys who are too cool for school. As I say, cool guys will screw you every time. They don't want to look bad. They don't, they don't want to try new drills. They're afraid to look corny. And they're just there for the money. They're just in the NBA. They're not really putting in a whole lot of effort. Second group are closers. They're a little more serious, but they're inconsistent. They play sort of well at the end of games, but they're not with you day in and day out. They don't show up every day. They're not all intense in practice. They have spurts. They come and go in spurts. And then there are cleaners. Now, cleaners are guys like Kobe, guys like Jordan, guys like Wade. At the time he wrote this book, he didn't think LeBron was quite yet a cleaner, the way he sort of disappeared in some finals. But you always have a chance to become a cleaner. You can mess up, but it's just how you come back, how you rebound. And some guys have to learn to be cleaners. Kobe and Jordan just kind of had it and Wade as well. And at any rate, I love this book. If you really want to get an insight into the way hyper-competitive people think, this is your book. Now, sometimes you read books and you think you're reading about yourself. Somebody did a personality assessment of you and wrote a book. This book, if you're a hyper-competitive person, you're going to be like, did they study me? Did they get inside my head? Because that's how I think. That's how I feel. Now, listen, this book isn't exactly bright and optimistic. There's a dark side to it. In fact, Tim Grover talks about the dark side in here. He talks about how athletes like Jordan are vicious, how they might have a bad habit or two. Jordan with his gambling, Kobe went through his uh, stuff with extramarital affairs, and he also references Tiger Woods, who cheated on his wife notoriously many times, that Grover proposes that part of their greatness is having that mean streak, having that dark side, having something in them that's just, it has to buck the rules. Has to, they can't be confined. He said when Tiger got caught for cheating on his wife, he should have not said anything to the media, never apologized. That was an internal affair. He should have just blocked everybody out and went back and kept kicking ass in golf. So a cleaner is isolated from the world. They don't hear the chatter. The chatter they do hear, they use it for fuel. That's what a cleaner does. A cooler is so afraid of anything negative being said, they don't put themselves out there. And a closer is vulnerable. A closer might overtry with trash talk. A cleaner is always in control. So if somebody talks trash to a cleaner, 
a cleaner is in control of the situation. They're going to use the trash talk or they're just going to ignore it. It's a lot of what we talk about at Basketball Brain. It's a lot of what I talk about at, on my personal channel when I'm working with entrepreneurs, when I'm working with other people about having that killer instinct. Now, I'm not sure you can develop the pathological nature of someone like a Michael Jordan. I think you either have it or you don't. I tend to have that pathological nature when I lose. So that dark dark side, the shadow, is what Carl Jung called it, who was originally a, a friend of Sigmund Freud. So Sigmund Freud thought we had an unconscious and it was personal. It arose from our childhood and our experiences in childhood developed our unconscious mind. Jung said, no, there's more to it than that. Jung said there's aspects that are collective to the human consciousness, to human beings. And that collective unconscious had a shadow in it, a dark side, all the things we don't acknowledge about our true nature. Jung told a story once that he met a man who said, I am a perfectly moral person. I can't think of a single time I've ever committed a sin. And Jung said, I knew the man and I knew his family. His daughter had turned into a prostitute and his son was a thief. So Jung would say, if you think you're perfectly good and you're, you don't have any sins, so to speak, that if you look around you, you'll see your shadow manifest. So you see guys who are goody two-shoes and then all of a sudden something breaks out in their life. Some, some negative story comes out. And maybe they snap one night, maybe they get a DUI. The more you start to repress your negative nature, more you repress that shadow, the more it can start to control you. Well, he says cleaners are in touch with their shadow. They use it. Sometimes they have an alter ego. Kobe was the black mamba. He let the shadow come forth. And I think it's important. It's the black mamba, black like the shadow, the dark side. Michael Jordan was called the black cat. He never liked the nickname Air Jordan. He liked the name black cat. That's what he was called. Uh, Michael Jordan, shoe designer, just said, you know, you really remind me of a black cat. And Jordan said, how did you know that? Only the people really close to me call me that. And he said, I don't know. You just remind me of like a puma or, you know, something going through the jungle. So you start to actually embody this archetype of the shadow. Kobe, when he drives to the lane, sort of slithers like a snake, doesn't he? You can watch some film of that and see it. So the shadow sometimes takes on a persona of its own, a secondary persona, a secondary ego. That's how strong and how real it comes. You saw LeBron start to embrace his shadow in Miami when he played the villain. And that was after the Dallas series. And he actually won a few championships when he embraced that dark side. The danger, of course, is it can overwhelm you. It can take you over. You saw it in Serena Williams when she smashed her racking, got into it with the judge in the last U.S. Open. You see it with Tiger Woods when he curses after a bad drive. But what Grover is saying, and I tend to agree, is that meanness, that nasty streak is there and it's real. And I think it's, it's something you, if you don't have, you'll eventually will have. And if you do have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you lose a game, you just want to burn the whole thing down. Of course, you don't do that. You eventually just use it to fuel yourself into more effort, to more work, to get smarter, to get better. But when you lose a competition, there's fury. You know you tried your best. You know you did your best. You did everything you could to prepare, but inside it's killing you. And that's the way cleaners feel. That's the way the most vicious apex predators in the, in the sports world, in the business world, that's how they operate. They can't help it. 
another aspect of this dark side, which is really kind of unpalatable to most people, is you stop looking at human beings as human beings. They instead become tools. If your teammates aren't useful to you, well, then you don't have anything to do. You don't need them. You don't want them. I remember Kobe Bryant when he was playing with the Lakers and he was playing with Smush Parker and Kwame Brown and Luke Walton. He kept telling the management, you're giving me butter knives. And the other, these other teams have guns and I'm going to a fight with a butter knife. I don't even have a real knife to fight, you know? So that's interesting language from Kobe because he actually was referring to his teammates as if they were tools. And Jordan did the same thing. If a, if a cleaner likes you, he likes you because you're useful to him and he trusts you to perform. You're like a screwdriver that he knows he can count on. It's in his toolbox. He knows what you do and he knows you're reliable. If you're not reliable, then you're out. If you're not even really a good tool, you're out. If you're a tool that works some of the time, they're not really going to deal with you. You may be a tool that they'll try at the beginning of the game. Jordan would give the guys a few shots at the beginning of the game. They didn't make their shots. They were back in the toolbox on the bench out of his mind. So you don't look at people as people. They either help you achieve your goals or they don't. Again, sort of Machiavellian. Now, that said, there's this weird tension because you have a moral side to you. You have a decent side to you. Michael Jordan got into a fist fight with Steve Kern one practice. And afterward, he said he felt awful. When the shadow takes over you, when you're in competition, you're going to do and say things that you as a human being just interacting in your everyday life probably would not do. But when the shadow takes you, you can be vicious. You can, be, you can go on a rampage. And then afterwards, you settle down. In ancient Greek mythology, they talked about Ares, the god of war. And by the way, my clothing line coming out is called Ares, the god of war. And we're going to take on Nike victory, okay? <laughs> we are. We're, sports was originally created to channel our warrior impulses. It's going to come out. You saw it in Khabib. You saw the shadow overtake him after he beat McGregor and jumps into the stands. That is a cleaner. You handle your business. And I want to point out in the Conor McGregor-Khabib fight, if you guys watched it or you know anything about it, I talked about how people who are masters, they'll hear the trash talk, they don't react, and then once they have you beat, they let it come out. You saw Jordan do this. The best example is when he did it to Jeff Van Gundy, who had called him a con man. And Jordan waited till the end of the game, hit a few jump shots, games at right at the end, and, and just is calling uh, Van Gundy a little am effer and don't you ever say that about me just exploded the shadow comes out but there's this tension again because you have this good quality in you you have this love in you you're probably what you probably want to be a decent person when you're into self-help when you're into psychology you want to become the type of person that that is a good human being all around so then you have this weird dynamic where you're this vicious warrior and then you try to be a good person. I think that from what I hear, I don't know him, but Russell Westbrook supposedly is one of the sweetest guys you'll ever meet. He's deeply, deeply nice and considerate and compassionate. And then on the court, he's somebody else. Now, the question becomes, is life different on the court? Can you compartmentalize how you act on a basketball court with who you are in real life? On a certain level, I've always said yes. And that's key. That's absolutely key to maintaining a freedom when you play, that how I play is not who I am, right? So I can go out 
and play and not worry if I have a bad game. It doesn't change who I am as a person. But is it still true that if you go out and you get vicious and maybe you curse somebody out or you do something or you really are hard on your teammates, Kobe Bryant calling his teammates soft, saying his teammates are soft as Charmin, does that, is that, does that impact your soul in some way? It's something I've thought about. And as I was reading Tim Grover's book, I thought, you know, there's, there's a darkness here. There's a Machiavellian aspect to this. And it's hard to deal with. It's hard to deal with. Am I a good person if I'm that vicious on the court? And that's something I think each of us has to decide. I don't have the answer to that. I know in literature, in Beowulf, you guys probably read Beowulf in school. If you haven't, it's about this warrior who has to go kill this monster. Beowulf, the main character, loves battle. He loves the slaughter. He loves being the hero. And he's a vicious guy. But he also has this Christian aspect, this religious aspect, this turn the other cheek aspect. And he's torn between these two things. Now that's not the main point of the story, but it's there. So if you're a hyper competitor, you have that in you. You have viciousness, and then you probably have your goals to be a good person. You have to figure out how you do that. But overall, I love, I love Relentless, and you should read it. It's a great, again, it's great to get into the minds of these players because sometimes Either players aren't very introspective, you know, Kobe and Jordan. Well, listen, they're introspective, but sometimes you don't want to go, if something's working for you, you don't want to dissect it too much. You're scared you might mess something up by looking at it. So it's always good. And even if they did look at it, they might not see it the way an outsider sees it. They may not, they don't have that perspective. I know when I was injured and or sick or something, I couldn't play and I actually got to watch the game on the sidelines I saw things I never saw before. So the next best thing to actually meeting a genius and talking to them, and maybe even better, is to talk to somebody who's known them and been around them. You might actually get more depth and more detail because, the again, the, the super genius may not look inside to see what's going on in their psychology and in their emotions, but the outsiders will see it. And Tim Grover was not just an outsider. He was there. He was beside Michelangelo, so to speak, as Michelangelo was working every day. Michelangelo being Michael Jordan. He was beside Kobe Bryant every day as Kobe Bryant was working. He was there beside Dwayne Wade. So we have to take his insights and take them seriously, and we should learn from them. My one critique with the book, my one critique is, and I have a critique, this is a critique I have with a lot of self-help and psychology stuff, is it's great to have this analysis but they don't give you any drills or tools. They just tell you this is how certain people think, certain geniuses think, This is how, and you should think the same way. But it's not that simple. You need drills. You need ways to inculcate these new habits into your own mind, into your bone marrow, so it actually becomes who you are. You know, It's one thing to learn how they think, and then it's another thing to actually implement a system to ingrain that thinking in you. And I, I really truly believe what separates me from almost everybody out there is I have actual drills you do, whether it's for basketball or other sports or business or just your life in general. It's not just motivation. And that's my one beef with the book is there's not a how-to to go with it. And probably because Grover doesn't have a how-to. As far as I know, he's just... He's basically observing nature. He's observing these creatures in their environment, these rare species, and he's detailing what he's seen and how they think and how they go about their life. And Grover himself kind of has a lot of these personality characteristics as well. But 
Very fascinating book. I highly recommend it. I think it'll reveal to you who you are and then you have a decision to make. Do you want to be a cleaner? Do you want to be at the top of the heap in what you do? Because if you do, you're, you're going to have personality qualities that you may not, that may not align with who you want to be at the end of your life. So there's that that you have to deal with as well. But again, fascinating book. Great question. I can't wait to read it again. I'm definitely going to read it again. I think there are 12 lessons in there or something, 12 rules of a cleaner. Great stuff. Insights into Charles Barkley. Grover, by the way, said Barkley was the best athlete he ever had. Really great stuff. Okay, guys, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Talk to you soon. Sorry for all the background noise. It's New York City. It never sleeps. It's like midnight right now, and it's just getting warmed up. (laughs) Take it easy, guys. Bye.